Hello, everybody, and for the third time today, we are coming live, or hopefully live, from Dallas, from the Father's Church. This is Saints Radio, and um, we truly apologize for whatever technical issues are being um, encountered right now. We're facing them somewhat, too. Of course, our, our system here is saying we're, we're streaming out. Instead, we feel more like screaming out. But uh, anyway, uh, we're going to go as if uh, you're hearing us live. But uh, the worst case scenario is that it will be on archive as soon as the blessed Robin receives this and puts it up. This is what happened yesterday with Message of the Week in French. And um, we... uh, uh, Ruby wasn't able to hear us here on site, but once the archives were up, you were able to pull it up. So this is what we're doing. We got one thumbs up. So who's thumbing it up? Rube. Ruby is. Wow, Ruby's got no, it. Nothing for Teresa, though. Oh, boy. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Annette. This up. is. The net's up. Annette's up. Well, the, well, you know, if you've got. If you've got that, then things must be happening. <laughs> um, wow. Still nothing from Vic, though. But, well, if Annette's got it, that means that it's reaching the far shores of Florida. Yeah, but not for the sparrows, but that's okay. Oh, wait. Well. Teresa's up. Okay, okay. Well, we're, 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 we're cooking with gas now. <laughs> so. <clears throat> that's exciting. Wow. <laughs> I feel like I need to take a great breath. I mean, this is... Uh, Would you like some manna? Oh, yeah. I'd like... What is that? We've got some uh, toasty... It's wet. How's it wet? I sat it down over here. There must have been some water. Oh, my goodness. This is these. This is almost like a Catholic miracle. We've got open crackers and water on the table, and... Oh, we finally have breakthrough. Or perhaps I was carrying it with my cracker. Oh, water. there you go. Well, I don't know who had this... Toasty peanut butter, sandwich crackers open. No, but, no, no, those were mine. Oh, these are yours? Actually, well, those, they're one. not mine. I walked back to get some water before we went on the air, and I walked past the beautiful sealer room that Amani and Janice have done. Yeah. And she always has these snacks. So and you grabbed one of these. I had taken a, a, a pill for my sinus okay. on the way, and it was disturbing my stomach. So you I, just opened this? I had an empty stomach, right. so I thought, I'm going to eat a cracker, and that'll help alleviate the discomfort mm. so that I can go forth with Saints Radio. So that's what the manna is. Wow. It didn't just fall from heaven. It fell it fell off the, out of the bowl from well, the sealer room. that's it. So if we've enticed you well enough, that's our <laughs> gift of the month. You send your best offering in, and we will send you an anointed, toasty peanut butter packet Filled with sandwich crackers, guaranteed to soothe the stomach, freshly imbibing an ibuprofen pill. <laughs> yeah, you know we have some crazy weather here, and I'm not even in. I'm not even going to come close to complain, because when we left Texas for Brazil, it was really we had just had just days and days of just heat, days just of intense heat, heat. and. We got to Brazil, and we landed in Sao Paulo, and it was surprisingly chilly. Mm -hmm. 
And um, for many of us, we had taken like, I had taken one like sweatshirt, like black sweatshirt, which I wore for four days in a row while we were in Sao Paulo. And then we transitioned into the deeper parts of Brazil to where the temperatures went up and up and up and up. And it was back like being in Texas. It was. Yeah. But, but so then we came back to Texas and it was perfect. It was like perfect fall weather. And, um, but now we're back in the 90s. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> but then tomorrow, I think we're back down in the 70s or the 50s or something. I don't know. So um, anyway, I did, I did get a news flash that Pastor Levester, when he got home, he got the flu. Really? He, he got home from Brazil, and he was, he was encouraged to go in and get a flu shot. And yeah. he's never had a flu shot. And he got a flu shot, and he caught the flu. And so he... He messaged this morning and said that he was back on his feet again and feeling much, much better. But, yeah. So, anyway, that's just really a bunch of chit-chat. That's what this program is famous <laughs> for. I'm I'm so happy to be home, but I will say that I I just continue to marvel at, at, at the way the Lord is moving in South America. Well, throughout the world, I mean, I through his people, I guess I should say, the way that he is just, um, his presence is just so profound wherever we go, yeah. and um, what he's doing amongst the people that have truly, truly opened their hearts and, and committed themselves to walk as saints in the land, and so I know we could consume this whole well, we have 45 minutes left talking about about that. I don't know what it is that you have on your agenda for this hour, but no, I'm, I'm going to follow you. I'm up for that. I mean, you know, I, I'm amazed. I join you in amazement at the, the timetable of the Lord and um, the, the way that God is honoring the prayers of the saints and our joint mission of uh, speaking to people about being sons, being saints, praying in diversities of tongues, spending time with the Lord, and um, ministering before His throne. You know, the, the, uh, the book of Habakkuk talks about you 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 grab the vision of the Lord and you make sure you remember it and you make it as plain as you can and though it tarry it will come and um, we're seeing that we're seeing such a phenomenal move of his spirit in Brazil that is a uh, that is a that is a fulfillment of the vision of the Lord and we're seeing great things that God is doing in other parts of the world, too. Different, but great things. Um, and I just join with Monica in proclaiming the goodness of our Father. And I, <clears throat> that's, that's what such an interesting thing, because the timeless God has put these things in his in his timetable 
And he's not going to move until his timetable says it's time to move. And when he does move, uh, you rejoice, you prepare for it, you wait on it, but then you are ready to act in the time that he is revealing his um, his go-ahead for the release of the Spirit and uh, the people that he's made hungry to receive. You've got to fill them. Um, but, you know, that's why so often <clears throat> in the Bible you find these parables and you find these words about the husbandman and waiting and long patience and patience being the first sign of the apostolic and you you find that because it is a partnership with God but he has his timetable we are in these last days and his timetable is what we want and I'm sorry I don't care how gifted you are how close you are to God how much you weep and cry and ask him for this or ask him for that and you bellyache about why things aren't happening as quickly as you think they should, and you maybe want to sell your anointing for a bag of beans, some quick gratification, here's the deal. We're serving the eternal God. We're praying his mysteries. We're seeing him move every day. But he's not going to do what he prophesied he's going to do until he is ready to do it. And, you know, you take the words of Jesus where he said the Son himself does not know what the Father's, when the Father's going to do it. He's reserved these things to himself. And if Jesus, as the personification of perfect sonship, would say that, how much more do we have to rely on that? Well, and the key to that is that he stayed so close to the Father that he echoed, he did everything in the timing of the Father that he saw his Father doing. And that's the key for us is is in the midst of the waiting, in the midst of the the journey, the process, whatever you want to call it, we just get closer and closer and closer to the Father through Jesus. And, and you know, we, we follow him, Right. But um, that's the key. It is. Is are you seeing the Lord? Are you, are you the, the eyes of your spirit gazed upon the Father and His throne and what He's doing? Are you at His right hand? Are you staying fixed where He has called you to stand and to stay, so that you can see and perceive, hear and obey what He emulates for us to do. Mm-hmm. Is that a is that a proper grammar? What we are to emulate him doing, right. that's better. So, um, yeah, that's that's the key because I think a lot of people get weary in the waiting, and that's one of the words I think that came in Brazil over and over again was for them to really um, to appreciate the season that they're in, appreciate because it requires a process. And any, any church, any body, any individual that embraces this message and this walk of saints, of the saints, has to surrender to um, that process. 
And granted, we've prophesied this over and over again about the grace and about how there's going to be just a an accelerated an ac- accelerated <laughs> excel. Thank you. Is it axel ex- accelerated? Yeah. I think I left part of my language in Brazil. It's that peanut butter cracker. I just ate one. Used to it. Accelerated grace upon them to catch them up so quickly. But what we're faced right now is a body of hungry people that need to be taught. That 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 we are making disciples of and 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 positioning for the army and um and we need wisdom you know i'm so thankful see god's timing is so perfect that we are transitioning into his wisdom because that's really what we need is grace and we'll stay in his grace and it will continue to propel us but we we so much need his wisdom and um and he in his timing will will release that but we have to stay, we have to keep our eyes fixed on him, stay positioned, stay true to our function at his throne. And yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. And we're definitely seeing um, phenomenal things in the Lord. And, you know, I, I, I just have to marvel at the ways of our God and, um, you know, if if there's any iniquity in anybody, that's where the enemy strikes. And, you know, the waiting time, the seal of time is where you you draw close to the Lord and you prove that you are his goodly horse in battle. <laughs> I don't know if I ever wanted to, to be called a goodly horse, but it's scriptural. A horse of honor. Yeah. yeah. And because really, you know, I was thinking of that the other night in the middle of the night. That's such an odd phrase, mm-hmm. but you think about it. We are the ones that are called to go and to put our feet on the places that he calls us, <clears throat> and he rides upon that. He he comes and he stands with you, and it's imperative for you to go and for the sole of your foot to be there. And that's warfare. I mean, it is, it is battle. And sometimes, you know, I watch these documentaries of the, the old cavalry soldiers and how those horses were so well trained. They would ride right into the midst of battle. They, they weren't really doing anything other than getting the warrior there. But it was essential for them to do that. And um, we recognize it's not by might or by power, but by his spirit. We recognize that he is the victor. He is the prince of peace. He is the breaker. But for the breaker to be the breaker, we've got to stand and we've got to be willing to do whatever we need to do. It's a thankless job being a goodly horse. But it's, uh, it's what we're called. So... I just, you know, I just really want to thank those of you who have stood faithfully and not gotten antsy and not gone to other streams. And I I commend you in the Lord. And um, I I also know that (laughs) it's, it's, it's going to, it's going to be, an interesting 
time from here on out because God's Spirit is is unveiling things that we've believed for. You know, I, our first time, the first morning into the early afternoon in Brazil, we went as a team and prayed. And God said so many things, but there was <clears throat> there was an air of excitement. There was uh, visible uh, delight in the angelic core that was there because something that God had promised was now being revealed. And um, we see it in the natural, but these are all indicative of the timetable of the Lord turning a page. And we're seeing that in that country, but that's going to trigger ripples and waves all across that continent, but wherever we go. And, you know, see, you know, remember uh, the passages like Moses would come down from the mountain, he had that glow about him, and Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and he was glowing, and, you know, people would see the disciples, and they would notice they'd been with Jesus Whenever God does something of, uh, of great magnitude, according to his timetable, those who are participating in it, there is a, there is a tangible uh, residue of that. Residue is a really dormant word. But it, there's an indication. You become supercharged by that. And you, you carry that effect to other, to other places. Um, and, um, you know, we released not just to the members of the team that were on the ground there, we released that to the faithful, the faithful in the saints network who were standing in the gap and holding fast, you know, as David, you know, those who kept the stuff were recipients of the same victory and the same spoils of war as it were. The same triumph. But right before that, you had men in Belial that were saying, you know, look what this has got us. You know, I think we need to stone this rascal and, you know, get rid of him. But just in a matter of hours, the, everybody was receiving the, the resplendency of God's victory. And shortly after that, Hebron and a, a mighty transition in the kingdom. And I think we're there. I think we're coming there. It's it's in not only in the works, it's been released. But again, it's according to God's timetable and you you want to be sure that you you honor that. So uh we're uh, we're making plans. I I'm anticipating uh, a great visitation of the Spirit in just a couple of weeks in France, and then a few weeks after that in in Belgium. And uh, as we enter into the new year of wisdom, which we're already in, um, we're making plans for um, for God to do the work that He wants to do uh, around the world. So, anyway. You need another cracker? <laughs> no, I was just listening. Splendency. <clears throat> you said a new word. 
Resplendency. Did I say that word? Uh-huh. Resplendency? Resplendency. Yeah, that is a word. I know, but I've never heard you say that. Well, you but know. But that doesn't mean you never said it. You know, when I say these kinds of words, there's always somebody who says, that's not a word. No, I knew it was a word. I know you know it's a word. I'm not saying you. Some others will say, what does that mean? Speak in simple we're gonna, language. We're going to do an emoticos. We're going to do a dictionary. <laughs> Yeah. No, but along the lines of what you were saying, I do want to thank um, our Horizon Ministries and the way that so many of you stood and, and interceded and gained insight. And, and thank you to uh, the Sparrows for continuously feeding us with spiritual visions and insights that came through intercession throughout the field because so many of those words were released and um, released into the team, released into the setting. Um, and, and they were, I mean, they were just absolutely spot on over and over and over again. And so thank you so much for, for laboring on behalf of that ministry. And, and we know that, that the, the intercession is really where things happen, but to have, um, the insights that just come in and gird us up or confirm or really, um, you know, vision, it does that. It, it it propels us it it encourages us so thank you for that and i you know one other thing i want to say is we're going into france in a couple of weeks and i'm so excited i you know how much we love um this french speaking countries and and so many people have asked me since we've been back from brazil how was your trip and you know if i could think of one way to def- to describe my experience in brazil I would have to, one. if I could only use one word, I would have to say probably just the love of God. I know there's a whole bunch of other ways you could describe it, but if I had to narrow it down, I would say um, just the manifestation of his love. And when I say that, I'm not saying it just felt really good in my heart. I'm saying his agape. I'm saying um, his, you know, the, the breathing heart after his purpose and to be in, in a culture where um, that really is so much cultivated. And, and so, but as I've thought about that, and, and I think about, you know, the, the other places where we've labored, and I remember the first time we went into France, and about how walking in completely and totally unaware, unexpecting, because I didn't even know what to expect. This was so many years ago, and how the Lord just absolutely deposited his heart and his burden so deep within me for for the nations for France and for the na- the French speaking nations and for the people for the culture for all of it and i knew that it was 100% him because it was not there was none of me in it but i know that that was really a deposit of the working of his agape that he wanted to accomplish in that nation and over the course of the years we have seen that happen we've seen that manifest and we've been able to be a part of that and i'm so thankful for that and so then you think okay you go into another continent and you sense the love of god you sense that agape and and the only thing i can liken it to is having children and remembering that when i had my first child the love i mean it's like your heart is all all of a sudden like outside of your body and and just exposed and and you don't even realize that you have the capacity to love like you love when you have your first child and then along comes the second child 
And I remember being pregnant with my second child thinking, I will never be able to love another baby as much as I love the first one. I mean, how, how can that be? I know I don't feel like I have the capacity to even extend my heart or extend myself further in that way. And then the second child came and it was just the same. It was, it was just love that was just so almost supernatural because it's just so intended by the heart of the father. And so that's the only way that I can liken this. It's like, you know, the Lord loves the whole world. I mean, he loves all the peoples of the world. And we're called to go to the uttermost parts of the earth and and make disciples and, and, and bring this message. And um, there's enough love to go around <laughs> because it's his heart. And his heart is so vast and so endless. And so, you know, I, I, I can't take credit for it. All I can say is just having a heart that's open to walk in obedience. And when you step out in obedience to where he sends you, he fulfills all those things. I mean, his his agape, it's just it's everywhere because he is everywhere and um, he is agape. So anyway, that's my little that's my little message. But um, it's just it's. It's possible, I guess I should say. It's possible to just continue to be extended into all over the world and love the same, but through his love and minister and embrace and and carry them with you because that's pretty much what we do. It's like whenever I go, I bring back with, you know, in my heart um, all of God's people. And, and yeah, so... Well, it's interesting because you feel differently. You know, I'm riding on this theme of the burden and the feeling for different nations and the like. And you, um, but, but it's the same. It's different, but it's the same. And I think that the same is having that, nail in the holy place having that place there by his throne um, because that's the thing that is constant that's the source of the burden and you you know it's kind of like when you see the angelic you know you you watch this because like you, you go into brazil and you you have as God lets you see the contingent or representation of what your terio is, you have, you have almost like that. You have that connection, and it's it's known from the angelic, and it's not for authority's sake; it's for coordination of the effort. And then you you have you have another group that's assigned to the people and another group groups that are assigned to the terio and all those things going on but it's the father that is your pulse of of light and so then you go over to let's just say France and you have that which is with you from your terio you have that contingent that you have worked with in France that's there and then you have other other representations but it's different but it's the same mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so 
that's why, you know, with our mission uh, as saints, it's an it's it's a global concern, but it's from the throne of God. It's a universal concern, and but see that ties you back into His timetable. It ties you back into how he's going to do a thing. And um, it's essential that when you're in his heart, you submit to that. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, I've been really surprised at this latest outpouring because it's so different from what we've experienced anywhere else in the world. Same God. But, you know, we were ministering yesterday with the Binichons, and those dear people have committed themselves not only to their nation but to Western Europe and to whatever we're doing. They're, they're part, of this, part of this network here in the U.S. Everybody knows and loves them. But they can tell just as well as we can to have hundreds of pastors, pastors, willing to immediately respond because God has quickened their heart and want to lay hold of the hem of the garment and say, let us be called by the name of this network, by the name of the saints before the Father. Let us eat this pneumatikos meat. We want this. They can say that's different. We've not seen that. You know, we, we've had pastors in India and pastors in Africa and we bless them. But this is different, and it's because of the timetable of God. And it's not just for there in Brazil and South America. Again, that that residual echo of God opening that is going to penetrate and permeate everything. You know, and, and I say this. I, you know, I referenced yesterday. You, you referenced going into France for the first time. We had people that were really receptive in the church we went into, and we made lots of contacts through that, which is what God did, kind of like the birds coming and taking the seed and spreading. And um, we had um, we had some interesting times in working for the Lord, um, but it's it's a different field of operation there it's a different set of responsibilities before god and it's it's a different it's a different way that god is moving in that in that deposit of the glory and in that identity of that part of the world it's very very different but it's still the love of god yeah, I mean, I, for me to liken it to raising two different children or three different children or four or five or however many, it's you you love them the same. You love, but you raise them differently. I mean, you deal with them differently. You, mm-hmm. yeah. But you know, it's just it's funny because you see the hand of God and it feels the same but it's a different thing and it's 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 not anything but his his timing and um 
I, I you know you even study about the apostle Paul and the different places he went and the various ways he related to different churches he loved Ephesus he he loved Ephesus but his heart was set on Rome and um he wrote to them differently Ephesus received the word gladly it's like they were ready Rome was a slugfest and um Greece that was a totally different thing you had warfare there spiritual warfare there that you don't have Paul writing about anywhere else I mean he he writes to the Ephesians about being in the full armor and he writes to the people in across Greece about warfare and wrestling and battling and being commissioned by the angelic and deliverance points and it's it's interesting. It's it's very interesting. But it's all God. It's all this great New Testament we have. And um getting people to embrace that is is a different thing. Um So Good, good things are happening. You know, we, we came away, and this is just saints talk here. Um, we have the Prometheus Church, the First Fruits Church in Sao Paulo. We're so blessed by them. Um, they are moving in the saints. And we have other churches there that are primed and ready for us to go in and serve the meat and serve the things that God has given. They're hungry for it. They're asking for it. And um, you have new theaters of operation and that we're, we're challenging to go into, And but God did a work there. Then you have the place over in Cabo where uh, which is a totally different group of people, but they're hungry for the work of the Spirit. They they want the saints' message, and they are officially in the saints' network by the request of their pastor. And we're making plans for next year um, for all of these theaters of operation, and then to be open for, <clears throat> there are inquiries in the south of Brazil that um, that we're going to, do our best to to accommodate as the year goes by. But I would suspect that by this time next year, we will have been privileged to contact and make contact with hundreds of congregations. And I would think that by next time, next year at this time, we'll have, well, if you use Jesus' math, where you've got the parable of the soils, um, at least 25% are going to be thriving, bearing fruit. So that would be, as of what we know right now, as of what we know right now, at least 30 churches that are thriving in the things of the Spirit. If we use Jesus' math, and there, there's going to be more, and I'm not talking about people that have been blessed or have been touched or have received things. I'm talking about 
those that are bearing fruit, they're eliminating the cares of this world, and they're giving glory to the Father, full bore driving forward. And each of those is going to be making a phenomenal impact. And I would think that by the end of next year, we will have already been privileged to make headway into several other contiguous or peripheral nations. Um, and I, I'm, that's, but see, that's not me. That's the vision God gave. We're seeing the fulfillment of the vision God gave 20 years ago. And, and man, is it happening. <clears throat> but here's what I was going to say. When we first went into France in 19, uh, in 2003, August, we were, we were blessed to be there. But we, we looked around and we, we experienced the, the common experience of the people, the pastors that we met. And there were there was a lot of residue from the latter rain. There were the old timey Pentecost, the their Rama with Kenneth Hagen's ministry, and we bless them. I've been blessed by them. They had made an impact. There were a lot of old vineyard tunes that were being sung by people. But across the board, and we were we were having a cross section from Carrefour, and um, you know Chevalier was pulling in people from all over the place. So we were hearing uh, what they were doing, and um, and and in our feeling, my feeling, not you, because you were you were love struck in the spirit, but me more nuts and boltsy. I was thinking. These people are ready for this message. God's brought us here, but, man, they are way behind the times in what's actually happening. Not critical. It's just an evaluation. And, um, and since that time, I think I, I would attribute the prayers of the saints and diversities of tongues and the spiritual warfare and the activations that were done all over Western Europe. You've seen the floodgates open, and you've seen... Um, you've seen Morningstar, you've seen Bethel, you've seen IHOP and its variations, you've seen Catch the Fire, you've seen all of these different groups come rolling in. And honestly, we haven't seen yet the prophetic song come out of there that that we know God wants to do. Uh, it's so easy to karaoke whatever the latest song is coming out of wherever. But... Um, God has made a significant impact on that on that continent and we're believing that there's going to be exponential growth mm -hmm. and springboarding into the the message of sonship mm -hmm. and um, you know that that's one of the things we saw in Brazil that was different from Europe and I'm not criticizing either I'm just giving an, an analytics thing here in Brazil you have these massive churches that arise, and then they try to get satellite churches to be called by their name. They pretty much give them autonomy, but they want, you know, they want that kind of configuration. In Europe, there's the feeling, 
well, whoever's hot, whoever's coming in, we're going to go and we're going to we're going to be part of that. And we're so popular. Everybody wants to go to France. Everybody wants to postmark that they've been in Geneva or somewhere because that preaches good to the people back home. And um, we, uh, you know, we're just going to be called by whoever's in here. Totally different. So when we go into Brazil, the people are saying, what? You're going to come and you're going to stand with us and you're not going to tell us what to do. You're going to bring us the word. You're going to pray with us and we can we can grow and develop on our own. That's part of why this hunger is so strong there. Because I don't feel competition there. I don't feel like, yeah, we're here, but next week Joe Blow from someplace in the United States or Canada is going to be in with a big brass band and they're all going to be dancing to that tune. In, in Africa, we used to see these ministries that would come in and they would establish an orphanage. That was a big thing. And granted, they need orphanages there. But that then becomes a source of blessing, but it becomes something that you can put in your newsletter. And, you know, it, it's just different, the Western world and how they approach these various theaters of operation. But the beauty that that I feel is when we go into Brazil, not only has God made those people ready, but they're not waiting for the next big drift to come. And then there are footprints there. You know, we hear about Morningstar been there, Stacy Campbell's been there, but but there's not that there's not that glamour and you know you know what's next coming. These folks are saying we found it, we want it, we'll be it. And that's all. That, that's what we had to do. When God changed us, we committed. We got married to it. Well, beyond that, eternally, we gave ourselves to it. And that's what opened the door. Um, you don't. You don't want to be out with somebody that's catching winks from everybody else in the place. You know. You want them to be with you. And that's what God wants. He says, if you seek me with your whole heart, you'll find me. And that's what we're finding in Brazil. And I am, listen, I am so grateful for that. From the heart of God, I am so grateful for that passion and that willingness to move. And But you see that everywhere. I mean, I mentioned Luke and Sylvie. If there was ever a couple that sold themselves to God. It's them. And that's why God is using them. That's why God is moving in them. That's why the Spirit is is regarding them with such, such confidence and such giving them such authority to represent him. That's essential. The minute you start dilly-dallying or watering it down or start receiving other things rather than what the Father and the Holy Ghost has given you, that's that's the death knell of your momentum. And so I, I would you agree that the Brazilian manifestation and move is somewhat what I'm describing? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I know that I, I may see more than you see just through media and whatnot. I mean, I know there's a lot of movements that go in and out of there. Um 
But I, I mean, I don't really have a voice into saying it's one way or the other because I, I, it's the last thing on my mind. I just have a focus. We have an assignment. We go in, and the Lord opens the door, and we delivered it. I mean, I do know that I think the day I got home, my sister, who is with the church here in Dallas, said, hey, these two young girls that I know in our church, they're on their way to Brazil to minister at a something. Um, and she was so excited about the fact that they were tail ending me just getting back. And then she sent me video of whatever the conference or whatever they wherever they were in Sao Paulo. And it was just, you know, the big with the lights. And and, you know, my first thought was, I'm so I'm so thankful because I'm so thankful to be in the Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. You know what? I, I just felt so humbled and so thankful because, you know, the big conferences are great. And I'm sure that people get saved. I'm sure that people have an experience with God, but I, I, you know, I piggyback on what you're saying. I'm just so thankful to be in the Bethlehem, to be, to be in the place where, um, sonship is birthed and, and, and it's just, it's real and authentic. And, you know, we don't go in with a lot of fanfare. I mean, we go in with, with what we have and, um, and then the Lord does the rest. Yeah. So, and I know people are moved by the worship, and they're moved by that big sound, and and that's what's so interesting about what's happening in Cabo Frio is I feel like the Lord is doing that in such an authentic, pure way through them, to where it's it's being birthed through them, and we're we're able to be a part of that, you know, to bring forth that that tabernacle of David that prophetic sound and God's going to do that. He's going to birth that through them. Um, and it's going to be big. Yeah. It's going to be big and it's going to, you know, in many, in many ways from the outsider, it may look like what I was just describing, but it's, it's, yeah. it's going to be different because I know just that whole tabernacle principle and what God is having us to do to restore and that's our calling and and therein lies the power yeah so we don't want Saul's armor we don't want any of that stuff we want who we are and to be obedient and go where he sends us and so yes I completely and totally agree yeah well you know I think I think the thing that so often um, you know I remember when we were in Uganda and and we bless those precious people there. We thank God for what he did there. But one of the one time going, we it was just Paul and I were on this trip, and <clears throat> we met with uh, the leadership of a church we were ministering in. And several of the leaders that were moving in diversities of tongues and ministering in, in dreams and visions and you know, really doing. They they came and said, we don't know what to do because this. when you're here, we do this. Next week, there's a group from the Presbyterian Church that's coming. They're going to teach something totally different. We're going to have to become that. You better figure out who you are. Yeah, and see, that's, <laughs> the, that's the beauty. Like, I'll go, like, we go some places in civilized nations and all we'll be talking about what God's given the saints to be, 
and our hosts are talking about this other ministry and that other ministry and oh, we're going to go do this and we're going to do we bless that but to me you you got um i didn't hear one person in brazil say oh this is great next week we're going to do this they were hungry they'd found the pearl of great price and they were selling everything and that's the calling of the saints i mean we bless the other ministries but i i it's hard it's i think all of you who are listening would would say amen to this in order to really be a saint you got to sell yourself to the lord and you can't be dabbling in 15 other things even if he's in them you got to be what you're supposed to be and um you bless the other things but you you got to do what he's called you to do and that's that's the remarkable which is why I'm remarking about it aspect of brazil because these people are hungry for what god's given and they're they're wanting that and that's it and maybe and we you and I have these discussions regularly maybe I'm jaded in that because of <clears throat> what I know our apostolic calling is and it's kind of like you talk about kids my kids my kid I bless these other kids but this is my kid well and it goes back to I think I've said this a dozen times in the last two weeks it's ministry is not what we do necessarily it's who we are and I think about just the words of Jesus when he said what did he say to them he said you go you go and you be a witness you go you be a witness Mm -hmm. and that witness (laughs) is our dying to everything else except our identity and our calling to who we are and what he's called us to do mm-hmm. and then you teach you know I had several people say how many converts did you my dad how many people did you lead to Christ and I had to say dad you know I had to begin to explain to him we don't do street evangelism I mean we did that one time that one day but that wasn't even the purpose our calling is to make disciples our calling is to follow what Jesus says you go you be a witness you 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 be who he's created you to be through your submission to the process of becoming a saint, which is selling, you know, dying yeah. to all of it. And, you know, if ever I felt like we were a demonstration of that, it was on this trip. And we now we do it every time from the very first apostolic trip that we've taken. But it was so to me, it was just. It was just so um, vivid to me that every single person on our team was there representing who we are before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Not trying to be somebody else, not trying to dress up like somebody else, not trying to fit in. We just went in in that our authentic identity and, and what he's called us to bring. And Yeah, and you think about what we were in St. Paul, mm-hmm. Sao Paulo. Mm-hmm. Look at Paul's epistles. That New Testament that we carry around. Who was he writing to? 
The Christians. The, the Christians. Oh, the I know. churches. I know. And, you know, we, we take that book and we stop writing to churches. We stop trying to get churches to grow. We stop trying to get people to 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 to, to settle for the milk and move on to the meat. That's what that Bible is. I know that's what I had to say is like <laughs> your mindset is why are you not making converts? Why are you not bringing people to Christ? And I'm thinking, Dad, there's a lot of people doing that, and there's a lot of Christians that have come to the altar. But the challenge is, is the big gap because they're left at the altar and they're not made disciples. Yeah. So our calling, what we do is we go and we be witnesses of who he is as a son, and we make disciples. I mean, it... Yeah. It's it kind of reminds me of that church that we were privileged to go to in Rivera Preto, which was on the grounds of the the former house of ill repute. And <laughs> when we walked in, I think it was the second night. I think so. I met the pastor and he and I told him what we were going to do. We were going to established the cross and we were going to declare the sprinkling of the blood over the property and um, he said oh these people are all new converts they don't really understand anything will this be too much for them and I said this is the cross and this is the blood of Jesus we'll make it so clear that they won't have any problem doing this. So we stood there. I don't know how many people were in that place. 150? I don't know. I don't know how many were in that. It was full. And there were people scattered outside because they couldn't fit in the place. And they all went. One of the most beautiful times is all these people that had just been born again over the past year or whatever who were baby Christians, many of them, out there declaring the cross of Jesus for the Hesteme in that property and sprinkling the blood of Jesus, a new concept. That's our mission. Mm-hmm. And those people didn't need to hear the gospel message again. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to hear, come up here to the altar and surrender your sins. They'd already done that. But I, I think we did that over and over again. Just if you have not accepted the Lord Jesus before we went anywhere, yeah. I, mean, I think we, we opened that invitation yeah. Because we don't we want to make sure that But how how delightful it was though to see those people scattered all over that prophecy in night out there under the sky, the open sky. And um to know that these many of them baby Christians were being given the privilege of cutting their teeth on some some meet probably for the first time that's that was a gift thank you for that rim shot <laughs> well um this hour when we finally got rolling is almost over uh we do want to thank all of you for praying standing in the gap and uh, we we bless you. Don't forget it's Fast of Feasting Month. Yeah. 
So love the love the truth and peace and and go forth with joy and gladness and have those tobe feasts. Yeah. Look forward. Amen. Yeah. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night live, we'll be we'll be looking for you. And um get ready because Things are going to start moving real fast from here on out. And we've got to be ready, instant, in season. Um, grateful to the Lord for that. Amen. Help us, Father, to be able to transition into that mode. Amen. So, okay. Well, God bless all of you. Again, thank you for uh, tolerating those initial challenges that we faced but hopefully everything's up and running and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night god bless you all bye